bienvenido. Caribou, El Helen Bika. Juaning. Ose Wuseyo. Welcome to Graced with Questions, where we commune at the table of nations. No questions barred. everyone welcome back to y'all oh what was that about grace uh welcome back y'all we are look last episode guys was phenomenal i must say even i think we may have uh, done ourselves a little bit on that one i i honestly think there was just such deep transparency um that came out of that conversation with uh my sisters phoebe and hannah um on the anger series and um, today, you guys, by the way, I want to say I've been hearing good feedback about just this whole series and how uh, much people are being touched by it and how much they are getting from uh, this whole series. And, and it's just such a beautiful but yet so powerful that we get to be honest with ourselves um, together and collectively. Uh, but let me tell you all, okay, you guys are in for a treat, okay? I, I've been so hyped about this this episode, okay? Obviously, the topic is interesting and it's very important and this concludes our anger series. And so what other way than to do it with the bank you know i i am so honored and and so privileged um to welcome my brother from another mother um javier to the show um this man y'all okay y'all are in for <laughs> look i'm acting up you there brother you there no. No. <laughs> Don't hide me up too much, cause I don't want. Yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> Look, I gotta hype up my brother. Stop playing. We are about the hype, okay? But this hype has some heavy, heavy material to it. You know, I can't hype up folks without some evidence. You know, you guys know me. I'm all about, you know, telling truth where there's truth, right? And and Javier, our brother, has been. Oh man, many multifaceted man. He is married to uh, the lovely Paula, and she is. They are both in Atlanta together. They are married with no kids. Okay, so sisters don't even ta 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 <laughs> sealed and delivered. Okay, uh, married with wonderful um two dogs. Uh, but he is a pastor, um, a wonderful man of God. Um, a Puerto Rican brother. Hello to my Latinas, Latinos out there. Yeah, we on. are y'all in the house today. Okay. <laughs> for real, for real. Um, and so, um, I'm just so excited to have him on here. He loves to skateboard. He is, let's be clear, particularly youth pastors. You guys know youth pastors are kind of like gangster. Um, and, and they'll tell you how it is and they'll keep it real with you. Um, and, and they are normally people who are just very unconventional in so many ways. And they think unconventionally, but they are just so honest and so true in the way they communicate to folks because they're dealing with a lot of young people who may have lots of questions and even potential confusions in their lives. And so, uh, you guys are about to get the dopest you pastor I have ever encountered. Um, and he just has a lot going on for him. Um, he's also a DJ. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're going to be about to be turned up for real in this, uh, in this episode today. Um, but I am just honored. You guys are going to get a lot of wisdom today. Um, just a lot of true honesty about his journey, his life story, but just, you know, he is a man full of knowledge and wisdom and we all get to be blessed today. So, Please welcome my brother. How you doing? Hey, how you doing, Grace? How you doing? And thank you again for, you know, letting me be on here. And, you know, I really appreciate it. And hearing from the little that we spoke over the phone, you're an amazing person. And, you know, I could just tell your personality is so joyful. You got the joy of the Lord all over you. And I know you're working mm -hmm. hard and, you know, you're really doing your thing in the workplace and on the side with your own ministry. So thank you so much for having me on here. I appreciate Yeah, I just realized we both have very deep voices yeah. <laughs> and, and raspiness. And so you are in for us. Javier has a really deep voice. Um, and so 
you guys are about to be real woke right now. But before before we jump into it, um, what what makes you excited to get into get up in the morning? What gets me excited to wake up in the morning? Uh, I think for me it's just um, I mean you know. I mean, well, let me just be completely honest. So my wife doesn't, you know, call me a liar when she hears me. I'm not very excited oh. in the morning. <laughs> I'm <just laughs> grumpy I woke up very grumpy this morning. But um, I think but I know where the question is going. It's just like kind of like, what is that passion? What is that thing that drives me? And man, I think for me, it's just really that job well done. If I could re- if I could really go to to hit it all the way on the head is, you know, understanding that at some point, you know, I'm going to stand before God, you know, and he's going to do an inventory of my life. And, you know, I want to hear that job well done, good and faithful servant. So I want to make sure that in my life, I put it all on the field, you know, that whatever I do, DJing, skating, you know, uh, pastoring, you know, um, anything I put my hand to, that it will be for the glory of God and, and for those people in those circles to know about Jesus and and to feel the love of Jesus and grow in Jesus. So I think, yeah, that's kind of what wakes me up. Man, okay, you just go and drop the nuggets already. Uh, <laughs> no, that's a deep question, though. <laughs> you know, I feel like that's always, you know, because we get up and we don't think about always what gets us up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is a good way to to start. But if you have to tell people, use a couple of words to describe who you are, just in a nutshell, what would that, what what would those words be, or, or just in a sentence, who you know. Who are you? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. That's a, I think for who am I? Uh, crazy in a good way, you know, crazy, in a good way, <laughs> crazy fun, you know, um, you know, very sporadic, very spontaneous, um, but loving, you know, um, you know, I, you know, I mean, I'm a pastor, so I guess you kind of, if you're not doing this, then you're not a good pastor, but just, I try and listen to people and just try and, you know, you know, help people. So I think just back to your question, though, crazy, you know, sporadic, spontaneous, loving, you know, caring, um, you know, and uh, yeah, I think, I think that's probably it. Hey, well, look, that's good. Um, and <laughs> y'all have cutting up already today. Uh, I'm already cutting up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hello, hello. Um, and so we are gonna do some just some speed questions that I think okay. for, for folks to get to know you. Okay, coffee or tea? Tea. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't do uh, coffee okay. right now. It gives me yeah. <laughs> we just leave that. <laughs> yeah, okay, we just leave it. I know what you mean. <laughs> it does not make me feel good. <laughs> oh, oh Jesus. Okay, tell me, junk food or clean food? Oh, junk food. <laughs> My wife doesn't like that, but junk food. Okay, y'all. So, God bless all of us. Um, okay. Well, if you had to, um, what? Okay, let me ask. Let me, let me actually just let me go back. What book has affected your life in the in, in the in the past ten years? Ooh, in the past ten years. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Um, I'll say. One book um, that's affected me is "How's Your Soul." Funny thing is, I'm looking, I'm looking dead at it. That that's a book that that um that really affected me in the past ten years. Um, another one would be, I don't know if this is ten years, so like the time kind of it. But that's that's right. One that's really affected me is uh, "Crazy Love" by Fred Chan. That's like oh, other that's than you know the Bible that was like in my earlier teen years, like I read that book and it like wrecked me in a good way. Um, how's your soul? I think, um, uh, which how's your soul by Judah Smith. And I think another one that's affected me recently is good to great. Um, in my leadership, something I'm, you know, really passionate about right now is learning how to be a better leader. So yeah, those three books, how many books did you say? I mean, I said one, but that's good because no, 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 no. That's good because it lets us know kind of 
your 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 um your portfolio of, of things that interest you. So that's good. Sorry, yeah. uh, I'm surprised I even gave you some books because I'm not a reader. It's something I've been learning <laughs> to be better at. <laughs> you know, but I think people always say they are not readers, but I think it's it's perception. Yeah. Because we are always consuming knowledge, right? We are always right. consuming, especially you. You have to be always up to date, up to, you know, par with all, all these young folks and stuff. So I know you are consuming stuff. Mm. You may maybe not formally be having a book, that, but you're always consuming knowledge because you have to. Yeah. Um, and so don't say you're not a reader now. Come on yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Grace, uh, correcting me, giving me that gentle rebuke. And <laughs> <laughs> we cut off, guys. We cut off. Okay, let me ask you one thing. So, what time does your alarm go off in the morning? Oh. Morning person or night? Yeah. Oh, you put me. On are, the you, spot. are you are you struggling? I hope my my uh, my bosses aren't listening. <laughs> no, but I'm definitely a night person. I mean, I'm gonna just be honest. Like morning time, like that is not my jam. I'm trying to be better at that. I'm trying to be more of a morning uh, a morning person, but I'm definitely a night owl. So. Eight o'clock, mm. you know, probably is when I'm getting up around there. <laughs> well, that's a good that that's hey, that's a good time. It, it ain't too early, it's not too late. Yeah. Just, just right in the middle. Yeah. Um, and let me ask you this: What is your relationship with social media? Some people it's a love hate relationship. Yeah. Some people it's really a love relationship. Where you at? Uh, Are you in the middle? Mm-hmm. I mean, right now I'm not on social media just because I'm taking a break off of it. Are um, you? I mean, I have Be Real. I don't know if you heard of that. That's a new one. It's brand new. Uh-huh. Be Real. Yeah, Which one is that? You have to check that one out. It, like, it's a new one where you can only post once a day. You When you post, it gives you two minutes to post. And it uh-huh. takes a picture of you while you're taking a picture of whatever you're taking a picture of. So, And then, and then when you um, like a picture, like, you know, Facebook, they'll have emojis. It has right. emojis, but it has to be of your face. So, so it's like be real, like you know, because you know sometimes social media people aren't right. Themselves, but, but I appreciate that. But yeah, oh, that's but yeah, good. but I mean, I I see right now. I feel like um, because uh, a guy that another guy that I listen to, you know, other than Grace, other than Grace's podcast, you know, <laughs> another, <laughs> another one I listen to is um Ruslan. He's on. He's on. Oh, I like agree the with him on something where he says that we could we could be seeing the next revival on our hands because every great revival happened when there was a new form of communication. So like the printing press, there was a big revival because of newspapers, you know, so mm-hmm. I feel like social media, it's a tool for evangelism. And I feel like Christians need to take advantage of it to use it for God's glory and for spreading, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Cause what other way we're going to spread it around the world than, you know, we, we probably can't all travel around the world, but we could definitely put a video up about sharing the gospel, sharing our story, sharing something about God. So I believe it's a great tool. I mean, I appreciate that. And, and you know, I think for those listening to us, and, and so you, you guys know our audience is a combination of people who are in different parts of their lives and journeys. And and so, you know, anchor yourself. And, and like I always say, y'all, keep your heart open, keep your mind open as we delve into some of these topics, as we talk about um, fate, as we talk about life, real life's journey and, and um, I appreciate you saying that because I, I but I do think, you know, um, the, the, the Western, the, the West, the Western faith, the Christian faith in, in the West is very much so watered down and, and has caused, unfortunately, in, in its, its recent, uh, I think, uh, days has not carried the love of God as the exposed. And this is not to speak of the global church. I think this is to speak of the, you know the politics um, around it, and and but I, I am glad that there is somebody like you who um, it knows how to do love well, and which leads me into kind of just just our next 
uh, you know, next, next this topic, which is can I ever get over this anger? Mm-hmm. In the past three, you know, in the past two, two, two topics, we talked about the different types of anger and and if we allow to get anger angry. And we talked about, um, you know, if you know, I thought I was over this anger, but why do I still carry residues of that? And then really today is really the hope message, right? It is 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 really trying to figure out. Um, is this possible to actually live a life that is not necessarily free of anger? Because I think that anger comes in different stages of our lives, yeah. but but a, but a life that is not controlled by it, or or a life that that lives more intentionally, um, regardless of of the presence of anger in the world um, and around us. And so today's topic is to cap the series that way. And I thought uh, bringing my brother on. Would help us really um, hear his story, uh, but also hear the honesty in, in in going through a journey, right? An honest journey with God and with people that you love, um, and and coming to the other side of things. And so you never had, have you? You never had a your faith journey was not a conventional one, like. You know, it wasn't like, ooh, yeah, like, mm. you know, so tell us a little bit about, you know, uh, if you could just share a little bit, like, what what brought you to this place of, of and, and that could maybe get into the anger piece, too, as we talk about it, like, got you into the place of, like, let me, let me, let me try this God, you know, mm. God situation out. Yeah. Yeah, so I think for me, um, you know, my testimony, the way it kind of, like, panned out, like you said, I did not grow up specifically in church like I remember bits and pieces of church um and um you know really I was uh, my my parents were you know were two drug addicts um and and they were both in their recovery journey my dad he was doing really great and they actually met at like a narcotics anonymous like meeting so like my dad's journey it was really good but my mom's journey was a little up and down so pretty much what happened was they ended up separating. My mom moved back to Puerto Rico, you know, um, where I'm from and or where where I was born here, though, in, in the States. But, right. you know, my mom moved out there. And so I would spend like summers out there. But the only bad thing about that is um, me and my mom's relationship was a little bit more rocky because I would see my mom do some wild things. You know, it was like I was seeing her, you know. Not to get too, too graphic, but like snort cocaine and, you know, and do drugs and buy drugs and be with men and, you know, different stuff like that. And, you know, I was spending more time out here in the States with my father um, just because my mom couldn't financially financially take care of me. She would try at moments. And, you know, I I did a semester of school out in Puerto Rico and, and, you know, it was like, I was getting bullied because I was the American kid. And, you know, and so my, the beginning of my childhood, I was just, you know, opened up and I was revealed to a lot of just rough things like drug addiction and, you know, just, um, you know, a, a, a lot of rough things. And, you know, my dad, he, he wasn't, you know, perfect either. Like he had his things too that, you know, um, that he was struggling with as well, but he did the best that he could, you know, and especially for a single father, like he really held it down. And so, um, long story short, um, you know, like, like, you know, it was said, you know, my mom, she's struggling with this drug addiction at this point. Let's say I'm around age 10, 11 years old. I'm very upset with my mother, very uh, big feelings of anger. You know, at this point in my journey, like my faith wise, my dad is practicing Santeria, you know, which is a mixture of voodoo and, you know, and Catholicism and stuff like that. And, you know, um, and the only real exposure I was getting was through family that lived in Puerto Rico. They were Seventh-day Adventists and they would bring me to church on Saturdays. Like that was the real biggest exposure I was getting to Jesus and stuff. And they would share with me the gospel and stuff like that. And so, like I said, fast forward to 11, you know, I'm in this season where, you know, I'm my parents are, you know, my, my dad and my stepmom, they're not really taking us to church and, um, you know, and, um, you know, God is kind of like, you know, a side thing, 
you know, I'm angry with my mom. I'm having these frustrations with my mom and I'm just starting to come into my teenage years. And my dad pulls me aside into a room and tells me, um, you know, that my mother passed away. And, you know, of course, like that was really hard and that really rocked me. And I kind of share a little bit of those details because to be honest, that was the thing that pushed me into wanting to have a relationship with God because all I knew was in that moment was my mom's, you know, living, uh, you know, she lived a reckless life that ended her up leading her to death, you know, and all I knew in, in that moment, it wasn't, you know, super, super spiritual. All I knew in that moment is that I didn't want my life to pan out that way, you know, and then me questioning if she was in heaven, like, you know, having those wrestling questions. Cause I know a little bit about God. I know a bit, a little bit about heaven or hell. So I, I, I first, started diving into my faith. But the cool part was at the same time of me deciding to like know more about God, my dad um, gets invited to church by some people on an airplane, actually going to as well. And so at the same time, this is all going down. My dad starts going to a church and and the crazy thing is he gets invited to this church. That's literally five minutes from my house. In Richmond, Virginia. That's where we lived at the time. So that's our first exposure to church. It's a non-denominational church. Um, you know, very, you know, um, outreach driven, you know, the pastor is a recovering drug addict. Like, you know, he was what? in the streets in New York and, you know, it was yes. so awesome. And so that's my first exposure. I get exposed to youth ministry. Like I'm this little teenager and I'm coming into this youth ministry. And I'm like, wait a second. Like, I thought Christianity was like Catholicism or seven day Adventism, you know, which no offense to those, you know, um, denominations, but you know, they're a little bit more tighter, more rigid. Yeah. yeah, A little bit more religious, you know, you know, and again, it works for them, but I'm coming into a church where I'm in a youth ministry and there's video games, you know, they got Christian rap going on and "Ah, what is this? I didn't know this was even possible. So long story short, I start getting involved. I go to a conference. I give my life to Jesus. You know, like I have an altar moment. You know, I'm I'm 12 years old, weeping and crying at the altar, wanting to give my life to Christ. And so, you know, I go on this journey. And um, and long story short, you know, I end up falling away from my faith. But then I end up, you know, one day just like understanding that I was never going to satisfy myself with anything else in this world. But Jesus and, you know, and I went and once I made that decision, Grace, I was all in. Like I was that kid carrying my Bible to school with my not of this world T-shirt, you know, you know, like on fire for Jesus. Like you couldn't tell me anything different. Soldier for Christ. And then, you know, again, just like anything, my faith would, you know, it, it was way, you know, wayward. I would go through struggles and stuff like that. Um, then came the time where I graduated high school and I decided to go to a ministry school here in Atlanta, which I actually went to a ministry school at the church where I'm working now. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, went to that ministry school and, you know, kind of, you know, came into my young adult years, you know, cause living a life, a life as a Christian teenager is way different than living a life as a Christian young adult. Cause now I own my faith. Now I have no parents holding my guardrails. So that was a challenge for me, even in, in ministry school. And, you know, it was up and down going through struggles, you know, and, um, you know, kind of leading to this topic of my anger. When when I realized that that every all my struggles and all my trauma from my childhood, um, you know, actually scientifically is proven that in your brain, when it comes to trauma that you deal with as a child, that your brain doesn't know how to interpret that. So it holds that, it stores it. And when you become a proper age or when your brain feels like it's ready, it just releases that into your brain. Mm. So began to deal with a lot of this trauma of not having my mom, of my mom dying, you know, the anger with that, the anger of her you know, doing the drugs and, and doing all the stuff that she did. And, um, and then on top of that, you know, trying to navigate this life and understanding that I had a lot of mommy issues. So what happens when somebody has daddy issues or has mommy issues, they go to relationships, you know, and, you know, Mm -hmm. they go to, you know, relationships with the opposite sex to fulfill them. And, 
uh, a lot of anger and frustration within that because things wouldn't pan out and stuff like that. And so that kind of like, you know, um, you know, it's kind of like my my testimony. Sorry if I took too long, by the way, as well. No, I mean, this? I'll just shut up. I'll, I'll just shut up this whole thing um, and just let you speak. Um, yeah. No, I mean, you know, you said so much, so, so much there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you gave us so much heart just now and, and so much truth. And, you know, many, you know... I've I I know what it feels like to live and to go through a hard life. I I, I know, and so I'm hearing you speak, and I and I know men, you know, people who are out there, uh, maybe questioning their fate or going through all kinds of stuff or, or journey. And and this episode is not for the you know, it's not for the clean cut. That you know, it can yeah, it can bless you. But look, if you've been through some stuff, this is yeah. this is it, right? This is this is the episode for you. Um. And, and however you define like going through stuff, but you know, you talk about, I mean, God, I mean, at the age of 12 is really when your faith, like you began to encounter God. But even before that, as, as a young child, you had experienced so much trauma, so much pain from somebody who was technically supposed to be your nurturer, oh, you know, yeah. like, like, like yeah. your protector. And I just can't, imagine that because nowadays we you know kids sometimes we take our parents for granted right we mm-hmm. we take them for, you know but you never really got a chance to experience that love and and I'm just I mean you talk about this when did you realize that anger was kind of mm-hmm. like was such a, a maybe a crippling factor in your life like mm-hmm. when did you realize I got some serious anger mm-hmm. about maybe or maybe just pain or resentment that I needed to deal with. Yeah. In your life. Yeah, I think for me, um the the breaking point for me where and it's and it's crazy we're doing this topic on a- anger because legit this is not something I'm making up. The breaking point for me was I'm in my fourth year of ministry school, you know, um you know, if you think about it in, you know, in a Christian perspective, like I'm crossing the T's, I'm dotting the I's like, like at this point I'm in my fourth year. So this is like, I'm seriously wanting to go into ministry, you know, as a vocation, like, like full time. And, you know, at this point it's like, you know, you would expect, you know, at this point I have everything, you know, figured out as far as my faith, as Mm -hmm. far as everything goes. And in that, year, my fourth year, towards the end of my, um, me completing that fourth year, I go through a breakup. And when I go through this breakup, like instantly it's just pure anger, like pure anger in me, like that I feel because here I am, I gave my heart to this person. I, you know, I love them. You know, I, you know, I pushed out all this love to them. You know, I, I was patient with them at moments, you know, I'm, you know, I'm I'm doing all these things, you know, for this person to love on this person. And then, you know, they completely just break it off. And in that moment, I just felt all this anger. And for me, what what, what my sort of, um, you know, struggle with my anger was that, you know, yeah, I would, I would get loud. I got, you know, I got loud when, when that person broke it off with me. I, I did all that, but I began to, it went from anger to rebellion. And so, you know, I began to go into my old ways of how I did things. And like I said, you know, I went through a season where I kind of like, you know, not really walked away from the Lord, but I was just struggling with substance and struggling with, you know, um, you know, with, you know, messing around with the opposite sex. And, you know, and so what I did, I, I, I reverted to some of those things, like nothing, you know, super extreme, but I reverted to, you know, to some of those things. And, and, you know, here I am like, but I'm, I'm, I just completed four years of a Christian school, you know? So that was like, for me, the breaking point that like, just like really just like, what am I doing? But it's like, I'm doing it. You know, it's like in the, in, in, in the acts of doing stuff, it's like, what are you doing? You're supposed, but it's like, you're just doing it. It's like, what well, Paul says, like, I know what I shouldn't do, but I, I do it. You know, it's like that right there was that, like, I was just going you know, in that direction. So yeah, that was kind of like the breaking point where I knew my anger was an issue and it was going to affect my life if I, if I didn't get it under control. 
you know, I'm, and I know you also you are speaking from a male perspective. I, I feel like this is gonna mm. this is gonna deliver a lot of people. Um, you talk about your anger becoming a rebellion, and 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 I think an important key here is you talk about the breaking point. Many people may have maybe even many break breaking points, but they don't stop to acknowledge yep. the breaking point, mm-hmm. right? And so, talk about how did you choose to say, okay, this is it. This I am I am or, or how did you even define that it was a breaking point? Like when did it get real bad? Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when were you like uh uh-uh, uh this is not good for my heart. Yeah. This is this is not good for my soul. Yeah, yeah. I think for me it really it really got to the point where, um, you know, I'm about to get hired, you know, at a church, and when I began to realize like, hey, you know what, I'm moving. I'm about to start a, you know a, a new ministry. But it was just still there. Like it just like that anger would not leave me. And here I am like and I'm feeling guilty because I'm like, I'm a pastor. I'm everything. But that anger was just like, you know, so built up in me. And it wasn't until like the first month in, I finally was just like, you know what? I need to talk to somebody about this. So I talked to my boss and luckily my church was, you know, so gracious, you know, and um. You know, and they they were so gracious to me and, you know, you know, which I I don't know if I should, you know, go into this point, you know, but they were so gracious. And I think it was just finally like I needed to open up to them. And finally, I, I told myself, I'm like, you know what? I need to go to counseling. Like I began to realize I'm like, I need to go to counseling, like because I began to realize that this like, why am I so angry over a little breakup? Why am I, why is this, you know, in, in, in the logical side of looking at it, it's just a breakup. Like, why am I so angry? Well, when you really look deeper into it, it's more than a breakup. What that breakup did was touch a soft spot, you know, and, and my pastor, he talks about this, that horses, whenever they have a wound and it heals, sometimes you will touch that horse's old wound and it will still hurt them. So they'll freak out or something like that. And that sometimes even happens to us. And you'll touch that spot because it's still a sore spot. And all that breakup did was touch that sore spot, touch that trigger that was deep down in me that had so much abandonment from a mother that was, you know, I was abandoned from a mother. My mother passed away. So when, when you think about it, too, and I, it even took me that realization, you know, it was like, you know, what do people always say? Oh, when you look for a wife, you got to find somebody that's like your mom. Well, it's like, I didn't have my mom. Well, you know? and then it's like, who's the second most important woman in your life? It's your person you marry. So I didn't have my first most important. So it's like, I have to, my, my second most important almost becomes my first. So I had these desires and everything, you know, of, of wanting to be loved, of wanting to be, um, you know, like you said, I lost the, the nurturer in my life. So there was this desire to be nurtured, to be loved and stuff like that, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, um, what I needed to do was go to those root issues and, and, and take care of that. And I knew in that moment, I need to get to the bottom of this. I need to get to the root issues because the surface, I could, I could tell myself all day, I need to stop being angry. I need to stop being angry. But until you get to the root issues, you're not going to fix anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are touching on everything. I mean, that we, we, I mean, this is what this is a good, mm-hmm. you know, summary of, of, of and, and, but also deliverance in some sense, mm-hmm. because, because you are talking about how you really interjected, like you stopped almost, you stopped time and history, meaning God allowed you to see yourself in time and history, to say, I am not going to carry this stuff on, yeah. this generational trauma on. Um, and then you chose to actually address it. And, and you talk about really what I would call displacement. Oftentimes people would displace their anger to something else yeah. or, or, oh yeah, it's them. It's because they got issues. Or, and, and they may well have some issues, okay? Let's not, let's not, deterred that at all. I mean, there are some very uh, other people in the world who are not, who, who may be sick in different areas, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, But even that, there's grace for that. There's grace for every, everyone on the earth. Mm-hmm. So you talk about how did you 
recognize that this, yes, that breakup was real painful. Yes, um, all of those were painful. But how did you, re- when did you realize, or what, what, what were some things that you were displayed, that you, maybe you were, you were displacing that anger to, like, or, or that you were putting the blame on, maybe not saving the blame, that the anger was being projected to something else. Mm-hmm. You Did you recognize that you were being, yeah. maybe projecting at all? Yeah, um, I think for me, um, like, yeah, I mean, I definitely was. I was projecting on that relationship I was in. You know, I was, I would project it on, you know, the friends I was with, you know, I would project it on, um, I mean, definitely it always came down to other people. You know, I was projecting that anger, but at the end of the day, I can't control nobody. All I can control is me, you know, and I can't, I can't control how I re you know, I, I, what I can control is how I respond. But in those moments when we're angry, we, we react, you know? And so I think for me, it was, yeah, it was always like, you know, it's their fault. It's not my fault. You know, one of my favorite quotes right now that I heard from, um, you know, actually good to great is like the best leaders are uh, uh, look in the mirror and not the window. So when we look in the, mm. in the, in the window, we're always, Oh yeah. They, you know, even in the workplace, Oh, they did this or they did that. Or we throw out these excuses <laughs> Sorry, throw out these excuses and all that. But a lot of times, we need to just stop, take a moment, and look in the mirror and say, "At the end of the day, I can't control them." Yeah, maybe they were a little bit at fault, but all I can control is myself, and I need to look in the mirror. Or like it's that quote where it's like, when every time you point a finger, you're pointing a finger at somebody else, but then you don't realize that there's three fingers pointing at you. Well, so, yeah, I think for me, it was like, yeah, I, I did. I tried to put the blame on everybody else, you know, but me. Well, and I, and I think you say something that is also, I mean, I would love to kind of maybe also tackle this part as, uh, as, as a man. Uh, for you, how do you think men and women see anger differently? Yeah. yeah, I think, I mean, well, you're going to have to talk to the women side because... We've been talking to them for the past two episodes. We need the brothers. Yeah, even 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 you guys talking about. I'm like women. I'm I'm freshly married, and I'm learning more and more. I'm like, man, women are just a whole nother universe of person. It's just like we're we're just so different in so many ways, but in a good way, you know. Too, you know, it's just like you know, and and it's exactly why God made us both uniquely different. But I think for the way men handle anger, it's, you know, it's always like, it's always like for men, what I've realized, and and this is for me, especially, and and I'm just starting to learn this. When we get mad, we think, oh, I'm just angry. Well, it's like, yeah, you're angry, but there's more to that anger. There's more than just anger there. There's what is making you angry? Oh, well, I'm angry because this person did this to me. Okay. Well, wh- you know, you know, what did, what, what did they do that made you angry? It was like, or wh- what exactly did that make you feel more than just angry? And it's like, for me, you know, just to completely open up, like some of my triggers are when I feel like a disappointment, when I feel, you know, like judged or, you know, failure. when those things are triggered, it triggers anger. You know, mm. like when, when I feel like, dang, I'm feeling right now, I get angry. When I feel like I'm being judged by somebody, I get angry, you know, and, and, you know, there's other things that make us angry. You know, somebody cuts us off on the side of the road, you know, stuff yeah. like that. But it's like, well, we got to understand what the Bible tells us is like, it's okay to be angry, but don't sin in your anger. And mm. what you got to understand is like, you know, the, the, the difference is, is like for, and I, and I think the difference too with women, they know their emotions way more than we do <laughs> for men. It's Real everything's talk. I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm angry. I'm happy. I'm angry. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, Hello? like, it's like, we, we, you know, completely, I mean, and you see that sometimes. Sometimes men are just considered angry. What, what is it? Like, you know, like they're just, you know, uh, what you see that older gentleman and, you know, it's like, oh, he's yep. this old, angry guy. 
You're right. So it's like, oh, he's mm-hmm. this old grumpy old man. You know, he's just grumpy old man. Well, what he just spent most of his life not learning how to control his anger. That's what it really comes down to. You know, and so I think a lot of times men, they they just have one feeling sometimes and this anger that you know and it's like no there's more to that anger than just that and you know women they know how to go a little deeper in those feelings where they feel you know if they feel sad they know they feel sad what's making they feel sad you know and sometimes it, it's, it still, still takes them a little bit but what do you think what do you think is the difference I mean especially with the yeah. human's perspective in this like kind of gauging the both yeah I mean I, I think I think you hit on the nail I think Women, you know, we all have negative and, and, and positive stereotypes sometimes, right? And, and some will say there's no such thing as positive stereotypes, but there is. Um, so oftentimes I think women have this, 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 in quote, uh, a positive stereotype of being nurturers, of being in tune and in touch with their emotions. Uh, of, of, I mean, this is the upside down, right? Which is, oh, she's on a period, so she must really, she's crying mm. on time, so she's really, yeah. so, 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 like, so there's this negative, ups, out, you know, um, part of it. But I think, I think, I think, just naturally, there is this this perception that women are just much more in touch because they are they are nurturers, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and so they can sense, feel things at a deeper level. Um, but I, I I think. Yes, in, in, in our nature, there is that. But I also think it is also because society has not allowed for men to address their emotions, yeah. right? To, to be able to say, I'm, 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 I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. I'm, I am, I don't feel seen. I don't feel heard. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, and, and, and those things that we may be maybe more open to vocalize, it's because the society has created a space for us to be able to do that yeah. without being looked down upon. But I, I, I am so I think encouraged that you are just being open with it, and I'm sure you got guy friends and 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 homies and and and, and people that you have, uh, even young men that you know you disciple, whereby they are working through their anger and trying to figure out what is okay for yeah. me to feel as a as a man, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and, and is it okay for me to feel this um, as a man? And I'm wondering also for you, and, and I, I think for asking that question, because I, I'm wondering for you at some point, because sometimes I, even the church is, is very good at affirming women for the most part when it comes to, oh, she's crying, she's, you know, mm-hmm. um, and all of that. But society and, and both, I think, r- religious institutions you know, historically has not done a good job, even though Jesus Christ mm. was very clear in his emotions, mm. in his anger, in his tears, yeah. um, in, in, in his in his empathy. For you, when you were going through some of those things, did you feel like there was a space for you to clearly mm. articulate and, and share, like, your discontentment, pain, mm. and anger? Yeah, I mean... You know, I think, and it's funny because you, you, when you said, maybe you don't feel seen, I immediately in my mind what popped up is like, yeah, like say that to a guy, you know, or, or let a guy say that, you know, in our society. And I already found a rebuttal to that. You don't feel, bro, get over it. What? You don't feel seen, bro? Come on. We, you know, get over that, man, or, or work harder, work harder to be seen. You know, or, you know, you don't feel this. Oh, well, you know, just get over. Like, that's just legit what I heard in my mind when you said that, you know, and I think in our society, it is kind of like that where what men can't cry, you know, or, you know, I mean, of course, now I feel like that's way better. But, you know, there has been that stigma where men don't cry, real men don't cry. You know, like you hold it, you you be strong, you know, you got to be strong. And it's like, no, true. And which. I love them. One of the number one things I love about my dad, one thing that he taught me is it's okay for men to cry. I've seen my dad cry so many times, you know, mm. when he's sad, when he's sad for death, when he's sad, you know, um, you know, for certain things. Even with my mother's passing, I've seen my dad cry multiple times. Even after that, I've seen my dad cry, you know, when, when he feels like he's sinned. Like my dad has opened up to me of some things he struggled with and 
you know, he's, you know, cried or even, even just the other day, I'm like, my dad calls me and I'm like, Hey, what's up then? And he starts crying. I'm like, what are you crying about? He's like, I'm walking in this park and all the memories are coming back of when we used to live here in Pennsylvania. And it's like, and that's something I really love about my dad. But, um, which back to your question, my bad. I got Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. No, keep going. Keep going. But what, what was your question though? Back to your I mean, I think the question is, do you feel like you felt safe to vocalize mm-hmm. your pain yeah. and your anger in that space? Yeah, and I think um, I think when it comes to that safety word, yes and no. Like I said, my dad was really open to cry, you know, but it was kind of like we expressed our, like my family's from New York, so it's like when you're mad at somebody, when you got an issue with somebody, you yell at them, you say whatever's on your mind, you get it off your chest, and then you keep moving. And then if it's really, really bad, you just don't talk to each other for a while. You know, like, it's, it's kind of like that. Um, that's oh, it's raining over there, I think. Oh, can you hear the rain? Yeah. Uh, yeah, y'all, it's, it's thundering out here, okay? I'm just trying to keep it calm. Like, oh, Lord Jesus. Yeah, but, like, okay. but, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, so I, I would say yes and no. Because at the same time, it's like my parent, you know, my dad, what, what is that called? Parents are just kids who have kids. So it's like, yeah, they do their best, but they can't, they can't be perfect. So, you know, my dad, there was moments he wouldn't say sorry, you know, or like, you know, or like, you know, if I would, you know, say something, how I feel, it would come with a rebuttal and just like, kind of like fix it quick, you know? So it took mm-hmm. me, you know time through now me and my wife we're learning how to be that safe space for each other now and we're learning to like hey it's okay to feel what you're feeling you know and you know um you know navigating that with each other and through counseling it's taught me how to you know through counseling with my wife like it's taught us how to be creating that safe space between each other but it's funny though because like even now like you know even people within the church I feel like they don't know how to navigate that it's like oh you're feeling how you're feeling let me fix you real quick and I'm even learning how to fix that with myself as a pastor like no sometimes stuff doesn't need to be fixed it just needs to be felt and some people just need to be heard and need to feel like somebody's listening to them, you know? Wow. Ooh, wow. Did y'all, did y'all catch that? Sometimes things don't need to be fixed. They need to be felt. Yeah. And I just, I just, I think that is, I mean, I, I just think that is a powerful moment mm-hmm. there that I think it's important that, even if you go back to our, our, our previous episodes from season one to now, one thing that we talk about was that Christ wasn't just a God that was distant. He was a God that, that was near, mm-hmm. that felt everything that we felt and lived and lived through pain and suffering um, and, and showed emotions that were not supposed to be shown and wept when he was not supposed to cry and showed up when he was supposed to show up and didn't show up sometimes because he was doing something else that he thought it was important. And so like just hearing you say that, I feel like just really solidifies this point that God makes room for all of our emotions. Yep, exactly. And I just think that is so, so critical. And and you talk about, um, the fact that even for men, there is there's a lot of, you know, not engagement with that emotion. Mm-hmm. If you had something to say to a brother of, you know, a man out there who's struggling with this, mm-hmm. struggling with, you know, I'm, I, they may not have their father. They may not have their mother. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to them in this place of feeling hopeless? Mm-hmm. Or just feeling like nobody is seeing what I'm experiencing. Nobody's feeling what I'm feeling right now. Yeah. yeah, I think just what I say to them, you know, um, you know, is, you know, number one, you're not alone. You know, and it's crazy because I know I know a couple of, you know, fellas who are going through this to where literally their anger is destroying their marriage, you know, and um. And, you know, my my thing to them is saying, look, you're not alone. It's okay to feel angry. Like, I I think that's that's always something I want to preface right off that. 
it's okay to feel angry. It always comes down to how, do you, again, are you reacting or are you responding? You know, don't sin in your anger. That's what the Bible says. But it's okay to feel angry. Your feeling matters. And what I would say to them is, you know, ask for help. The best thing you and that, and that is, is funny. We're talking about men. Men are the worst at asking for help. You know, it's you know one of one of my favorite songs. And and for the men out here that that you know they love music or hip hop, Andy Mineo he has a song called "I Don't Need You." You know, and that song really breaks down this mindset of a man where it's like. You know, I don't need no help from nobody. I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to pick myself up by the bootstraps and I'm going to be my own self-made man. Look, even that even that type of term like self-made man is like, no, we need help. We need we all need help, whether that's counseling, whether that's a pastor, like like get some community around you, get some people around you that can help you through this. Um, That's mm. all I'll say. And, you know, kind of like going to what you were saying, you know, Grace, about like. You know, they feel like they have nobody at the end of the day. If you're a believer in Jesus, you know, and even if you're not, hey, this is a perfect opportunity, you know, to put your faith in Jesus, because most I I cannot. I, I still have to count all the times where I see God specifically say in his word that I will never leave you, that I will never forsake you, you know, mm-hmm. that, that I will always be with you. And. God is there. And and the Bible says that God is our heavenly father, that it says our father who are in heaven. Think about that. That Even if you had a perfect father, they still will never compare to your heavenly father. Your heavenly father is perfect. He's perfect than any father in any father in this world that you think is, is super amazing. He's way more perfect. And he sees you. He loves you. He's proud of you. He's proud of the things that you're doing. That That's that's something I always tell young men. And I, I kid you not, Grace, they always cry when I tell them that their father in heaven is proud of them, that they, he, he's smiling down upon them mm-hmm. because he is. He, he loves you. He created you. He created you in your mother's room. And but this also leads me up to my final thing. He's your heavenly father. He cares for you. And one of my favorite verses in first Peter, it's in first Peter, second Peter, don't quote me on the reference, but it's um, cast your anxieties on him because he cares. There is somebody out there in, you know, in this world, in this universe that cares about you and your feelings. Doesn't matter how small, how, how big they are. He cares about you. And what I'll tell that young man, young, you know, young woman, whoever who's dealing with issues or who's dealing with anger issues is, you know, just ask for help, get help and trust in the Lord and trust that he is there with you. And he is sitting right there in your feelings. I mean, he cried when he heard that his friend Lazarus died. So how much more he, he cries and he feels your pain that you're going through. He senses that you've been through a lot, you know, and, and, and God sees you, he hears you and he knows you by name. So, you know, just remember that. And I, you know, you talk about, I know we are, and thanks for that powerful word, because when you and I were having a discussion, even prior to recording this, you talk about the care cycle, um, you know, the, the three A's, I believe you talk about just a methodology that also helped you um, really live a life that is not bound by anger. And it's clear to me just, I mean, you guys, if you get to know this man, just the joy and the, and the authority and the power that he carries. I mean, it's overflowing. Um, but you talk about just that that methodology that has helped you kind of when something comes up, when you're feeling something, you know, how to deal with it. If you could share kind of, you know, your method for that. Yeah, I think for me, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm still learning how to navigate my feelings. I'm still learning how to, you know, properly manage my feelings. And, you know, like I said, I'm a strong believer in therapy and counseling. And so me and my wife, you know, we were able to attend the, you know, a week long you know, marriage, um, intensive and, you know, did me and my wife have, have marital issues? No, but that doesn't mean that I don't need help because we're still learning. We come from two, you know, jacked up families, both of our parents, you know, have been divorced. So it's like, you know, I'm 
you know, I'm going to make sure that I'm getting the proper healing and, you know, doing the proper things I need to do ahead of time. I don't need to wait till things are crazy and a mess for me to get myself fixed. So we went to this intensive and they taught us this thing called the care cycle. And it's actually like, uh, like four A's in a way, Um, but it's aware, which, yeah, but I told you three A's, so it's not your fault. Um, it's aware, accept, attend and act. And, um, you know, I love this thing because they walked us through kind of what were our five triggers. And so for me, like I kind of already mentioned it, you know, one of my, you know, some of my biggest triggers are failure, disappointment, you know, um, judging, um, and or feeling judged and unfair, you know, feeling unfair. So, you know, those are my big ones. So whenever, you know, me and my wife get in an argument or I'm just, you know, something bad happened. And to be honest, this was a marriage tool, but I use it for my everyday life now. Like I really believe in this. Facts. And um, if, if I'm, you know, there's something going on at work that frustrates me to something, I, I go aware. Okay. Aware. Number one, aware. Um, aware of the button that was pushed. So I, I actually, I'll give you an example. I have it written down right here. There was situation. I don't even remember the last situation, but I felt unfair and I felt like a failure. Um, and so I wrote that down and I accept, I accept the responsibility to care for myself. So I have it written down here. Do you accept the responsibility to care? I put yes. Um, and then after that, I, um, you know, um, then I, um, you know, then I ask, I ask God, um, I allow God, or actually it's five A's. I'm mixing up all my A's. It's a lot. (laughs) I can't count. I got it all over. But then, um, I ask, I ask God, I allow God and invite him in. And they, and they taught us, just like you said, that we can invite God into those feelings. That's a lot of so times we, we X God out, but we allow God in. So I pray this prayer. I said, Lord, I'm feeling like a failure. I'm feeling unfair. Help me, teach me, guide me in this moment. And then I got first Peter. So I was right on the reference a little bit. First Peter five, seven, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for us. And then I attend. And so when you attend, you ask yourself a various amount of questions. Um, You know, you know, what am I really feeling? You know, is it familiar? Has this happened before? You know, am I um, doing anything to turn this up? Um, What else is going on? You know, am I hungry? Am I, you know, am I sleepy? You know, um, Mm -hmm. what is my current reality? You know, and that one's really for people when they get so caught up in their head. Sometimes uh, they even do that with. Um, people who are dealing with PTSD um, and they like, you know, create this scenario and they get super like anxiety attack heightened. Um, they tell them like, what, where, what, do you, where do you, what is your current reality? Okay. I'm sitting in this chair. I'm in front of my desk, you know? Um, and then I ask, what is God's truth? And so I got some scriptures here that specifically speak to me, you know, Psalms 139, 15, mm. 16, you know, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. God made, um, and good I got written here, um, God made me, I'm a wonderful um, work of God. You know, um, I got here Psalms um, 86, 5, for you, you, O Lord, are God, are good and ready to forgive our sins, sending them away, completely letting them go forever and ever and abundant in loving kindness and overflowing mercy. You know, um, he will. And funny thing is, you mentioned the nurturing thing. So that's something heavy yeah. in my life. So I have to remind myself that nobody can nurture me right now, you know, like God can. And so I have a verse that kind of reminds me of that. Um, wow. You know, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry them, uh, the lambs in, their, in, in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. And then I even have here a question of um, what does God's word say about my spouse? You know, again, this was a marriage tool originally, but again, I use it for everything. And then I have at the end is act and who I want to be. How do I want to show up? So, you know, in this situation, like I said, are you reacting or are you responding? This thing, as you walk through this care cycle, then you learn, okay, this is how I need to respond in this situation. This is not how I need to react, um, you know, because we could do some really dumb things, say some well, really dumb things in the midst well, of our anger. And then after this whole care cycle, I do some self-care. I go eat. I go sleep. You know, I go ride my skateboard. I go take a walk. 
I go watch a YouTube video, you know, that's something that refreshes me. You know, I just take that time to refresh myself and take care of myself, you know, mm-hmm. go do your hair, go, you know, do your nails, you know, for the, for the ladies or guys, you know, go play back, go throw the ball, shoot the hoop, you know, and just care for yourself in that moment. And um, yeah, that's pretty much the care cycle right there. Ooh, you just got a whole tool. A whole life tool, okay? Um, that just blessed me as well. That just blessed me. Um, and I just feel like, you know, you guys go back and re-listen. I mean, I feel like you're going to go back and re-listen to this episode over and over again. Because um, there was just so many things that came out of this for me that I'm just like, this is this is a blessing. This is this is life-changing. Uh, and if... If you have to say any last words, if you do, if you don't, mm-hmm. that's all right. Then we can actually have folks can get a hold of you. Mm-hmm. But anything else that you want to share with the folks? Yeah, I think it's just, and again, kind of like you said, kind of like with my testimony, I think one thing that we forget as Christians is that sometimes it, it can be interpreted as we get saved and we're good. It's rainbows, it's butterflies, it's unicorns, it's, you know, but it's not. It's actually hard is it what does the bible even say that you know count it all joy when you endure various trials because the testing of your faith produces perseverance like our Mm. faith walk is a journey and we have dips and we have highs and we have lows and we have turns and we have everything and you know it's just one thing i needed to grasp is like like i said you know i what my breaking point was after my fourth year in in Bible college. And it's like, what we have to understand is that we're on a journey. You do not have to have it all figured out. Have grace with yourself, you know, you know, have grace and not, not only grace on this podcast or grace, you know, but, (laughs) but have grace in your, for yourself. And, you know, that was something, you know, at my last counseling, you know, session and, and that thing that brought me to tears because, the lack of grace that I had with myself and we need to learn how to have grace with ourselves, you know, not laziness, you know, I'm not saying laziness that we, Oh yeah, I'm going to just be like this and nothing. No, we push, we grow, but we have grace with ourselves in the process of growth. Mm. Well, um, there's nothing to say to that. Um, I just want to ask you how you just, about snatched all of our hair um, and uh, we are all living here uh, better than we came and how can folks get a hold of you? Can folks get a hold of yeah. you? Yeah. Are they, al- are they allowed to do that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Instagram, um, you know, I... I like your boy. So, yeah, I have Instagram, which, you know, uh, I don't have it, you know, directly on my phone, but, you know, I, you know, I get on it sometimes on my wife's phone and, you know, it's um, javier.e. Um, Rodriguez and you know Be Real hit me up on Be Real (laughs) but I don't even know my name on there but I mean you know Instagram I mean and you know if anything you know if if, you know you really could use some help you know and I am a pastor you know so you know Rodriguez at victoryatl.com you know and if you know you need any extra you know resources that's my you know church email and on my, you know, work church email. So, you know, that's probably some ways they could get a hold of me. Yes, please do get a hold of him. And um, Victory Well Church, shout out, um, because they are so good at giving resources to folks and helping direct folks. And um, and we, we, we are just so blessed. I know how busy life is for you and for you to make this time. Y'all, he is still in his office right now, Okay. <laughs> Homeboy is still in his office. I know his wife is probably, probably going to be Paula's probably going to be like, stop playing with Where me. Where you at? Where you at, boy? Come on. No, I got I didn't um, get no calls yet, so we're good. So, but okay. <laughs> but I'm sure you're probably going to yeah. be calling you in a minute. But I just want to say, I mean, thank you, thank you for coming authentically, and thank you for speaking truth, for being, you know, for letting truth speak to you. Mm. And through you, um, thank you for um, encouraging us. Thank you for being real. Thank you for letting us know. Um, because with the amount of things you've been through and survived and overcome, there are there, there, there could have been the other way, which is you could have chosen to go the other yeah. route um, and and live your life in anger and live your life 
and resentment. Um, but you, even with all of the mountains that you had to face and still face, you still choose God every day. Mm. You still let yep. the Lord um, lead your life. And I think that is in itself just shows who you are. And so I just thank you and Paula just, just for living your life so boldly and for letting God use you guys in your mm-hmm. life. And so we just bless you guys. We, we bless all the things that you guys are getting ready to do and, and, and expound on. And I just hope your voices reach as many people as they can reach. Uh, because we need. A, there's a very hurting world right now, which you and I have talked about. Um, and folks need to hear the truth. They need to hear love. They need to see love. They need to feel love. And I think, and I hope, and I pray that we were able to showcase that today and every day um, in our, through our own lives, but also through this podcast. I hope you guys felt blessed. Um, I know you did because I'm sitting here like, mm, y'all got extra, extra blessed today. Um, and so much love to you guys. Like I always say, y'all, we love you, but more importantly, God loves you even more than we will ever love you. Um, and it's it's important that to know that he's after you and he won't stop, okay? Because he loves, chases us for the rest of our lives until we say yes. Yeah. And so thank you guys so much for joining us today. We love you. Uh, y'all got to see a different side of me. Even my slang came out today. <laughs> y'all got a different side today. Okay. And so much love to you guys and our blessings. And we'll see you guys in our next series, y'all, on forgiveness. And so love you much. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Thank you, brother. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Graced with Questions was edited by guest editors Quentin Thomas, Trish Torton, and Chiang. You can find our work on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. If you would love to follow us, which we highly encourage, follow us on our IG page, Graced with Questions, as well as on our Facebook page, Graced with Questions. Thank you again for your lovely support and make sure to leave us a review and also rate us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thank you so much. We love you and we hope your day continues to be filled with so much joy. Cheers. Thank you.